0: We turn to God's word in Matthew chapter 5, looking at the portion from verse 43 to the end of the chapter. <clears throat> Throughout the sermon that Jesus preached up on the mountain, what we see many times, he says, you have heard. And then he says what they have heard. And then at the end he says, but I tell you, for I say unto you, time after time, over and over in these portions, these sections that we have concerning so many of the legislation, so many of the ways that they were called to live, the Jews were called to live, we hear, you have heard that it was said of old, and then Jesus say, but I say unto you. So obviously what we see first and foremost is how wrong the teaching that has been handed down to them has, is now differing from how it was set out in the beginning when God placed his commandments before his people. Over time, the truth has been twisted To the extent now where when Jesus comes and preaches to uh, the people, he says, you have heard it said, but I now tell you. The Jews have the wrong idea about so many things. And when we come to verse 43... we read, ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. And then what happens is, Jesus says straight away, but I say unto you. But I say unto you. So therefore, loving thy neighbor and hating thy enemy is not what Jesus Is going to teach. He says, Love your enemies. The Jews had therefore the wrong idea about who they were to love. They had twisted, as I've said, the truth so much that eventually they've come now to change it into something that was not true. Love your enemies, Jesus says. I spit, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. And so we see here in verse 44 this love for your enemies. To pray for those who persecute you. Why? Because by doing this, this will show that you are a son of God. That you are in the family of God. That you are doing the Father's bidding. Like father, like son. And so firstly, let us look at verse 44, the beginning of this, where Jesus says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, love your enemies. Now, as we know, it's very easy to love those who love you, to love those who are the same as you, of the same category as you, the same tribe as you. It's very easy to love those who are like you, who have the same interests as you. You don't have a a problem loving Friends, because that's what friends are. You've chosen them to be your friend. But what Jesus does is, and we know this to be true from from what he says when he says that the golden rule, the divine law, when he says, love your neighbor as yourself, love your neighbor as yourself and so therefore what we need to do then is find out what who is our neighbor and all we've got to do there is turn to the parable that jesus taught about the good samaritan when uh, the man came up to him and said well okay in that case well, well who is my neighbor who is my neighbor and remember at the beginning of that parable when the man had come up to him, he says, well, yes, uh, I think I know who my neighbor is. He's the same person as me, from the same tribe as me, with the same beliefs as me. And what had happened is that the, the Jews and the Pharisees especially had managed to reduce down and down and down and down so much that your neighbor was a was a, a very few people in your midst. They had managed to make your neighbor to be someone who was exactly like you. And anybody outside that grouping was your enemy. And therefore, well, you didn't have to love them because that's what God had said. But what we read in that uh, parable of the Good Samaritan is that what we find when we get to the end of it, where Jesus asked that question, well, who's who's, who's your neighbor? We find that actually, well, our neighbor is anyone who is in need of help, of assistance. And really, anyone, more importantly than that, who is in need of mercy, who is in need of mercy, or not able to help themselves the one who had been uh, left for dead he was not in a position to do anything for himself he was in need of mercy so the neighbor is the one who is in need of mercy and therefore our enemy is in need of mercy mercy For we find that our neighbor is therefore your enemy. It's really your neighbor is anybody that you come into contact with. Anybody in the world. That's what the parable of the Good Samaritan, one of the things the parable of the Good Samaritan teaches us, well, who is our neighbor? Anyone who needs mercy. And as we know ourselves, those of us who have received mercy from God, who are once enemies of God, we need mercy. We needed mercy. Just as you needed mercy, and so does your enemy need mercy. For once you were an enemy of God, who needed mercy. And so therefore what we see when Jesus says, is when he says, well, I tell you, when you have heard that it has been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy, what we find is that actually we are to love our neighbor and actually our neighbor is our enemy. Our enemy is our neighbor. And therefore we are to love your enemy. But Jesus says, I say, but I say unto you in verse 44, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And what Jesus is saying here, when we read it uh, in the Greek also, it's it's an ever-constant love for your enemy. It's not just a a, a one-off. But also what we know is that it's, it's, it's a love that goes beyond emotions. It's not, it's not an emotional. It's not God's calling us to, to love an enemy as you would love a friend. But what he's saying is that this is a, uh, a, a love where we uh, have been commanded so therefore now it's a love of the will. I, I will myself now to love my enemy because that is what I have been commanded to do. It's not out of anything that we can, to, can gain out of it. We're not trying to, to a certain extent even to, to gain a friend, to think, well, if I, I love my enemy, then he might like me. That's not the, 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 the sole purpose of this. It's not about trying to uh, have a, a, a fulfill, fulfilling relationship even with your enemy. So he now becomes your, your friend even. What it is, is this uh, uh, this will of the Father that is being bestowed upon us where we say, I will love you even though you are persecuting me. I will love you even though you are my enemy. I will love you because this is what I will to do. Because ultimately what we want is that we want to to, uh, show love to our enemy, that their uh, souls can be freed from hatred, that their souls can be saved from the lusts of the flesh, of the world, of the devil, that their souls can be saved when they then believe in Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Ultimately, that is what uh, Jesus has in mind here. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Because ultimately what we want for our well for, for all mankind is the best that God can give them. The best that they can have. And the best that they can have is not to be enemies with God. For them to be able to call God their father. That they would have eternal life, not eternal death. And so therefore for us to, uh, therefore we should be going out of our way, and willing ourselves to love our enemies. So they can have what we have. We do not want to surely deny them and say, well, okay, well, I don't really like them very much. I think that they uh, deserve eternal death. That is not our judgment to make. Jesus is saying, love your enemies. We want the best for them, just as we received the best for those who believe in Jesus, their Lord and Savior. And so, therefore, what he then says is, and pray for them, and pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. We read in the latter part of verse 44. We remember at the beginning of uh, uh, the, the chapter in verse ten of, of chapter five, we read, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. What Jesus is setting out here, he's saying, You will be persecuted for my sake. There is no getting around this. You will be persecuted when you stand on a street corner and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. You will be persecuted when you even stand amongst your family your friends, when you meet with them and share the love of Christ that you have received. You'll be vilified, you'll be persecuted, you'll be mocked, you'll be scorned, you'll be laughed at. But as he says in verse 12 of chapter 5, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Rejoice and be exceeding glad when you are persecuted for my name's sake. For great is your reward in heaven. And so Jesus knows what is going to happen. And here he talks about the prophets of old, which were persecuted. But he knows also that one day he will go to the cross where he will suffer and die. As we know, if they did it to the prophets... They do it to the son, we read about in the, 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 the parable of the, the tents and the vineyard, where eventually they, they, they threw the son out, well, they murdered the son and threw his body out. Saying, well, okay, we're free now. If they do that to him, then what are they going to do uh, to, to you when you follow in his ways? You will be Persecuted. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 11. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's setting us up for success, even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of trials and tribulations. Rather than saying this is for nothing, rather than saying what's going to happen is you're going to stand on the street corners, you're going to witness to your family and your friends and your work colleagues, and they're just going to abuse you and revile you and mock at you and scorn you. This, and we go, well, okay. Jesus actually says, no, you'll be blessed. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. And so we're blessed when we're persecuted. See how God loves His children; <coughs> that He does not leave them in that place of, 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 of just thinking, "Well, what is this for? What is uh, what is happening here, God? Why is this happening?" Receive the kingdom of God, at a heavenly reward. And so not only, as he says, well, we're we're blessed, we we should be rejoicing. We should be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. Do we miss this sometimes? Do we miss this? Do we think, well, what is this? What, What am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? Just to be beaten back over and over and over again to having it thrown in my face and we say God where are you in this what, what, why are you allowing this to happen to me and Jesus says right at the beginning of this verse 12 rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven when you're persecuted for my sake if this happens to you then you're blessed and we join the prophets of old We join John the Baptist, who's beheaded. We join uh, the disciples, who were martyred. Ultimately, we join Christ Jesus, who was crucified. And if we think about it, we were reminded of uh, uh, Paul, where he burning coals upon their head. The more that uh, he was persecuted, the more that he rejoiced. The enemy, as we're praying for them, the enemy as we're witnessing to them, as they're mocking us and reviling us and pouring scorn upon us and ridiculing us, they just think that they're doing us down. They're thinking that they have the upper hand That they think, well, look what I'm doing to them. And actually, it's anything but the truth because God is blessing us through this. That out of their uh, persecution comes our blessing. How great a God uh, we serve is. That even out of that uh, uh, persecution we are, uh, joy comes. Exceeding gladness comes. And so what we see is that And no one wants to be persecuted. No one wants to be scorned and ridiculed and mocked and laughed at. What God says is, when you are, do not let it get you down do not let it disappoint you. Do not let it get to the point where you go, why am I doing this? Remember, as Jesus says, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. That's what he's saying. And this is so, so much what uh, the, the God's way and the world's way is just, just so opposite we have that upside-down reality, don't we? Where God is able to turn everything on its head. So therefore, you speak the good news of Jesus. And you're doing it faithfully. You're doing it obediently. And all you think you're getting for it is hostility and troubles and trials and tribulations. And... That's not the way that it is. It's not easy. But we stand upon this promise here of Jesus in verse 11 and 12. And what that means also is, wouldn't it be so easy just to think, okay, well, the last time I did this, it didn't go very well for me. You know what I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll just... Temper it down a bit i won't I won't lay it on the line so much I won't preach the the, the the full gospel I'll say to them maybe what they want to hear I'll put in all the good bits and leave out all the bad bits I'll say that you won't have to die to self to 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 to, to come into the kingdom of God I won't say that you have to take up your cross daily and follow him. I won't say that uh, you've got to uh, uh, bow before the God of heaven. I'll say that you can still uh, keep control of your life, but all you've got to do is just cry out for mercy and you'll be forgiven, friend or enemy. Because that's what you may do if you think, well, what's the point of me doing this? I'll I'll temper it. I'll I'll work out a a different gospel that my my friend or my enemy uh, may want to hear. And you change it. But when you realize it, actually, well, no, if I give the truth, and even though I'm going to be persecuted, even though I'm going to be reviled, actually, when I do it in obediently, in the name of Christ Jesus, faithfully preach the word, then actually, no, I can rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. And so what we see is that the Lord is on your side. When you go out into the highways and byways, when you go into the, uh, the rooms of, of, of those, when you uh, receive that persecution, so that when you preach, Uh, and give out that word faithfully but the gospel is is preached and you do it obediently without leaving out bits that you think might get you into a bit of trouble and God is with you and you will be blessed uh, through that for we look at the, the the world that we are in and we see so much that the, the world is, is our enemy. Uh, we, we pray, don't we, in our prayer meetings. We pray on the Lord's Day. We pray for our governments. We pray for our leaders, our political leaders. Uh, we pray for uh, um, uh, those who are in positions of, of power and or authority. We pray for presidents. And we realize that they are against God, that they are against the gospel of Christ Jesus. And what we pray for, we pray for our enemies, is we pray for their salvation. We pray that they would be humbled, that they would confess their sins, that their sins would be revealed to them by the Holy Spirit's guidance. so easy for us just to um, not pray for them or to to, to pray that that, that God would uh, maybe even just bring in a, a Christian prime minister or a Christian president. But we are called to pray for their salvation. We remember Jesus. When he was on the cross and he was praying for those who are in authority. And what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We remember how Stephen uh, prayed. He was praying for their salvation. And so therefore, if you are coming under attack, if you feel as if or know that someone is against you, then pray even more for them that the, uh, the gospel of Christ would be opened up to them, that they would be saved and brought into the kingdom of heaven. And so therefore, when we, when we see what Jesus is saying here, he says, well, love your enemies, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them even more and use that as a great opportunity Don't just think, oh, this person is against me. I hope that they just go away. Or pray that they go away. Or pray that they leave. Pray for their salvation. Pray for them. That they may be saved. Because what this means, as we read in verse 45, what Jesus says here is that ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. And this is what we were this is how we started uh, the message this evening because what does God want what does God want for mankind his his mission that we read about from the very fall of Adam back in the garden God is in the business of forgiving enemies Because that is what the whole of salvation for mankind is, is, is about. The forgiveness of enemies. The once we, you, were <coughs> enemies of God. But now you have put your trust in him and now you are brought into the family of God. And you now can call him father, friend, no longer enemies. And so, therefore, as uh, the Father loves those who are his enemies, then we as his children, we as his sons adopted into his family, therefore, go about the Father's business, and therefore we are to love our enemies also, to uh, uh, forgive them, to pray for them, how do we show that we are the children of God unless we actually act how God would act? At the end of uh, uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he, he wrote this, Be kind to one another, be tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God is in Christ. In Christ also has what? forgiven you and therefore he says well imitate God as beloved children imitate God pray for enemies that they may be forgiven for we know that once we were his enemies we were his enemies and then what does he go on to say he says for at the end of uh, forty five, he says, For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love ye, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same And if ye you salute your brethren only what do ye more than others do not even the publicans do? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We know uh, um, in the the doctrine of of, of common grace that the rain falls on the the just and the rain falls on the wicked. Um, The righteous and the unrighteous, the sun shines on, on both. Um we know that God has this love for mankind, and it's not just for the righteous it's not just for those who are seen as good. God does not limit uh definition of of neighbor to those who are who love him who like him. How we see God loving is that he pours out his love onto uh, all mankind, even uh, those who who hate him. Uh, The rain falls on them, the sun shines on them also. And so to love like God loves is to love those who hate you. Because we know of many who hate God, and yet God still pours out his love upon them. And we know that this isn't easy in a a world full of enemies, in a world full of wicked sinners. And we we think, well, how can God love them? But then we remember, don't we, well, well, whilst I was still a sinner, God poured his mercy upon me. And so to conclude, we are to pray for our enemies that they will be saved, to give them the gospel message, not to say, "Well, I don't think that you'll be good enough, or I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll take it, I don't think you'll hear it, I don't think you'll listen to it." it's not for us to judge that but we are to go into all the world as Jesus says and preach the gospel to every creature and this shows us that we are the children of God sons of God if you say that you're a child of God then you can't hate your enemies you have to have that love for them as the father has that love for them because then that's uh, evidence that, that 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 God is is in you, that His love is in you. But for God so loved the world that while we were still sinners, He sent His only begotten Son. That whoever believeth in Him may not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that living in this. Fallen, sinful world is not easy. We have enemies on every side. It's very difficult for us to to, 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 to preach the, the, the truth, to speak the truth, without someone, uh, family, friend, enemy, coming against us by, by saying what we believe to be true. We'll be falsely accused, but we'll be blessed. We'll be persecuted, but you'll be blessed. You'll, you'll be glad, you'll rejoice. Why? Because as Jesus says, your reward in heaven will be increased. Great is your reward in heaven when you're persecuted for my sake. And so therefore, we are to love our enemies. You are to love your enemies. Pray for your enemies that they may be saved that salvation may come to them. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, in our culture it is so easy to neglect those who are not the same as us, to not show compassion, to not show love to those who abuse us or uh, persecute us for thy name's sake and yet Lord God there are so many passages of scripture that we could turn to about turning the other cheek about going the extra mile Even the ones we read tonight about uh, giving a, 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 not just a coat but your cloak and Lord God we pray that you would give us that will in our lives to love our enemies to pray for them To reach out to them that they may be saved as we bring to them the good news of Jesus Christ. For we are reminded that once we were enemies of you. And yet someone came and preached the gospel to us. And you (coughs) changed us. So Father God, we pray for this church this night as it is persecuted in so many different ways, but we pray that this church would, would love the enemies that are in this world, this church would pray for those enemies, those who are chosen by you, even though they are enemies now, may become Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, brought into the family of God, adopted to be sons of the living God, receiving the inheritance of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We close our worship this night, the first five verses of Psalm 48. Psalm 48, the first five verses. Great is the Lord, and greatly he is to be praised still within the city of our God, upon his holy hill. Mount Zion stands most beautiful, the joy of all the land, the city of the mighty king, on her north side doth stand. Psalm 48, the first five verses to God's praise. (coughs) Great is the Lord and great